On today's Locked On Texan podcast, we look at the rookies getting those deals done. And John Mechie looks a little bit healthier than what he did a couple of months ago. We also look at the cover two and how this year's defense can possibly look a whole lot better and benefit from the players they drafted compared to last year's. But Cody, it's Monday. The week is starting. Let's get them right. Are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Monday edition of the Locked On Texan podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline is where the game starts. You guys know who we are. The ultimate duo, John Hickman, Cody Davis. Here to start off the week right before we talk about a little bit of what Cody was able to see and speak with from Levy Smith over the weekend about John Mechie. we got to look at some of the rookie deals. Jalen Petrie signed a four-year deal worth $8.9 million. Shout out to Jalen Petrie, hometown kid. Thomas Booker, uh, Tegan Quatoriano, Damian Pierce all got their contract signed as well for four-year deals. Derek Stingley, boy, is he a lot richer. Uh, He (laughs) has an overall four-year contract rookie deal that carries a total of $34.6 million. Team will also, of course, have the fifth-year option available on Stingley Jr. And we got to take a look at Kenyon Green. He has a four-year deal worth $15.9 million, fully guaranteed. Also another hometown kid out of here from uh, out here from Atascacita, so shout-out to Green. Aggie, Texas A&M, them boys over there. Uh, Cody got the rookie class taken care of. Also, Austin Deckless, he also signed his contract as well, so – Everybody from the rookie class has been taken care of. They are officially Houston Texans. That's great news. John Mechie also got his contract signed as well. But, Cody, you had an opportunity to talk with head coach Lovey Smith regarding John Mechie. What happened with that? <laughs> yeah, you know, first and foremost, as we all know, this past weekend, the Houston Texans did hold their rookie training camp. And on Friday, myself, along with other members of the Houston media, we had an opportunity to go out there and watch just a tad bit of practice. It wasn't what we expected, but um, my biggest takeaway from what I was able to see during the during the portion of practice that, that the Texans let us watch was John Mechie. He wasn't on the field working out along with Stingley, along with Petrie. He was on the side. However, he was looking really good. He was moving really good. Um, he did not have a brace on his knee. And during Lovey Smith's media availability, I had an opportunity to ask Coach Smith, how is Mechie coming along with his rehabbing process? And he said that, just like Nick Casario said a couple of weeks ago, they are not rushing John Mechie. They are looking at this as a long-term view. However, John, listeners and viewers, the best thing I can say is that Lovey Smith did assure that we will see John Mechie at some point during the season. And I like that because, John, listeners and viewers, 
You guys know me. I think John Mechie might be the biggest steal that the Houston Texans were able to get in that draft. I think a healthy John Mechie is going to do wonders for this offense. Wonders for this offense means you're putting Davis Mills in a better situation, a better version of Davis Mills, meaning that we're going to see a better Houston Texans team on the offensive side of the ball, and that's really important, and I'm going to get into that in the next segment. But, John, I just love the fact that, one, the Texans are not rushing John Mechie to get back out there on the field, and, two, most importantly, had an opportunity to see with my own, own eyes. He is running. He is moving. You know, it's not like those quick explosive moves where you want, how you want to see your wide receivers as of right now. Remember, he is coming off an of ACL tear. But, you know, just seeing him, especially without that knee brace that he's been wearing, I want to say since December, January, after he had his surgery, that is really good news for the Houston Texans. Really quick, I did see, and I can't remember who, I wish I could, there was a, a video comparing John Mechie's uh, route releasing uh, to Devontae Adams. So. You know, just putting it out there. Hey, hey, what Nick Casario say? Stop with the high expectations and no <laughs> comparisons. I will say, I think, and Cody, you were out there, and you're also a music lover, so I get, we have to get into it. <laughs> Was not the best part of the rookie training camp the playlist from Levy Smith? <laughs> yeah, that that was one of the best days I liked. You know, look, we had an opportunity. And for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, please go to my Twitter page. Go to the video where I showed Jelly Mechie working out on the sideline. And it was Stevie, John Mechie, I'm sorry, John Mechie on the sideline working out. And Stevie Wonder's um, superstition was playing in the background. And we got out there. Lovey Smith had them jamming to Marvin Gaye, The Temptations, like basically all of the Motown classic. And it's funny because Lovey Smith said when he got hired that he wants to have his own bit of his culture integrated into this Houston Texans team. And he said he's a music lover. You can look at him. You could tell by all the gray his beard that he is an older gentleman and he loves his old school music. He did say he's going to allow his, his players, of course, they're like our age, his players to listen to today's music, hip hop and stuff. But he said when he gets on the, when he gets on his playlist, it's going to be old school music. <laughs> Yeah, that old school really does set a, a a different tone and feel, kind of a calmness out on that field, which helps with Lovey Smith. You know, he is dealing with a bunch of one and two, three year guys, so learning is very, you know, very important at the uh, for the Texans at this stage of Lovey Smith's tenure so far, dating back as a DC now as a head coach. I will say, in regards to John Mechie, I'm glad that we are seeing the Houston Texans take it slow. Right. I don't think they are in a position because you can look at Mechie's draft position as a reach. So they're not in a position to rush him back or, you know, put too much pressure on him very early and things take a turn for the worse. I'm glad to see him out there without that brace moving more fluid than we had maybe saw, you know, a couple of months ago when the injury first happened. And so that is good news for Houston, getting him on the board, bringing him on slowly, ladies and gentlemen, is very important. I know you guys in the comments, like you were with uh, Derek Stingley, we want to see him now. It's my player, and I want to <laughs> see him now. Slow down. Let that young man get accustomed to the league because we both think, and a lot of people around the NFL league, we've talked to people on and off the show and you know, behind the scenes, they believe Mechie can do wonders for this offense 
with all of his abilities. Let him rest up and heal up first, and then we'll get him out on the field. I think he should be ready with one of the NFL seasons, though. Hopefully, you know, like I mentioned, John said it himself that he will be ready by the start of training camp. Nick Casario, Lovey Smith say they would not rush it, as I just mentioned. But, John, listeners and viewers, I do want to add this in before moving on. Um, Lovey Smith said the goal throughout this whole entire weekend wasn't to throw them out there on the field and start them right away. He said the goal was actually getting them accustomed to not just the Houston Texans way of way of working, but also getting accustomed to the NFL, what it means to get to the stadium at a certain time, testing these guys out, see that where they are physically. And by the way, today is going to be the first day where the all of the rookies from the draftees to the free agents to the 10 players that they have actually trying out all of these players today will mark the first day that they will have an opportunity to practice along with the veterans of the Houston Texans. Gotta add this, right? When you look at the players that they drafted from the SEC, Alabama, right? Uh, mm-hmm. You look at you look at Mitchie, you look at uh, Christian Harris, Christian Harris. You look at LSU; they got two LSU products, right? You look at Jalen Petrie, right here in Texas. A lot of these guys ain't have to get used to that heat. You look at Thomas Book, you know, the two West Coast kid, kids. Damien Pierce, he played the floor. He know about the heat. You know, I'm looking at the heat from them young men. He's from saying, Georgia, too. <laughs> right. So he know about the South and then he. So it's, it's good that they're going to take their time, which, of course, that is what the NFL is for at this point in the season. Right, because the season never stops. They're just getting their rookies ready, getting these young men accustomed to playing conditions, uh, where they play at, right, and, and playing in the Houston Texans stadium or playing in Houston, Texas, with this heat. Uh, yeah, man, it's gonna get hot, and so they got to get ready for that. But y'all gonna try to get ready to go ahead and take your phones out your pockets, or if you're sitting behind a desk watching this or listening to it, go ahead and get ready to go to bed online who continues to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. Find all of the latest odds, the latest news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs. Shout out to the Boston Celtics. Major League Baseball scores. Shout out to the Houston Astros. They had ripped off 11 in a row before losing. Fights. Shout out to uh, Team Charlo, Jamel Charlo, and even next season's NFL futures. And so BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information from live betting to the playoffs to esports and much more. So head to the website today or use your mobile device, get that cell phone out to learn more about the trends and actions over at Bet Online. Because listen, Bet Online is where the game starts. Welcome back, Locked On Texans listeners and viewers out there. Be sure to subscribe to the Locked On Texans on YouTube and follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. So over the weekend, mm. Lovey Smith was asked to address the stigma surrounding the cover two defense. And in response, Lovey Smith said, in an ideal world, you win and lose games based on how you play man coverage, right? And he continued with, we play 3D, we play quarters, we play two, we blitz. If you have a guy that you really feel comfortable covering their best receiver, it allows you to do some things. And he also mentioned that um, he addressed when he was drafted, and he addressed it again, how he wants Derek Stingley shadowing 
opponent's top wide receivers, which is kind of interesting as well because when you look at his matchups from these, at least from the schedule releasing from week one all the way down to week 14, you got to go with Michael Pittman, Cortland Sutton, uh, Sutton, excuse me, Keenan Allen, Devontae Adams, A.J. Brown, Terry McLaurin, Jalen Waddle, and C.D. Lamb all the way through week one through 14. But I don't want to necessarily talk about Stingley because he's going to get that hype. Just do, right? He's the third overall pick drafted before Moss Sauce Garden. So that, that hype is going to come to him. I want to talk about Jalen Petrie, right, out of uh, Baylor. And before I talk about him, viewers and listeners, and I want to talk about why he is going to be an X factor for this defense. Some concerns from last seasons. Last season, the Texans were ranked fourth in the league in air completion yards as a team, giving up just under 2,600 yards passing yards allowed in the air. They ranked 30th in the league in blitz per dropback percentage, sitting at 19.5. 29th in the league in QB pressures with 124 on the season. And they were one of the worst tackling teams in the league with 124 missed tackles. Of those 124, 10 from Kamu Gougier-Hill, 13 from Zach Cunningham, and 11 from Justin Reed. Last season, and he's going to be replacing Justin Reed, so these numbers are, are also important. Last season, Reed played in the box 147 snaps, a slot corner, 65 snaps. To go into why Jalen Petrie is needed for this defense even more, the Texans gave up 142 rushing yards per game, the second most yards allowed total with 24-18, with a little over 21 points per game by the hands of the run game. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm giving you these numbers and the issues from last season because I truly believe if not in year one, by the time year two rolls around, Jalen Petrie will be an X factor for this cover two base defense. Why do I believe that? Well, he does something different on nearly every down. Right. And the one thing that I like about Jalen Petrie is his ability to be all over the field. Petrie has nearly 2000 career snaps over five years during his playing time at Baylor. Thirteen hundred of those snaps coming within the last two seasons. Uh, Petrie was listed as a safety. He spent a large portion of his playing time in the slot with one thousand one hundred fifty three career snaps there. He also took four hundred snaps in the box. He also took 354 snaps at the line of scrimmage and just 13 snaps at safety. And so when you look at a traditional safety and a cover two defense, they drop back a lot and they cover the deep halves of the field. I don't think that's why they drafted Jalen Petrie. Jalen Petrie is not your traditional safety. He's one of those players, ladies and gentlemen, that can play everywhere on the field and be effective at it. He's highly effective as a blister. Um, he applies pressure over 25% of his pass rush snaps. There's also this interesting number that in 52% of his defensive snaps, Petrie lined up to defend the run. He forced two forced fumbles, held defenders to a 57.4 completion percentage and just 268 total receiving yards. So he's able to get down in that box and affect the run. That's what he's very good at while still being able to play against the pass. This is something that the Houston Texans need. And overall, before I get out of here, 
Uh, last season at, at at Baylor, he was Baylor's highest graded run defender, ranked third on the team with 17 pressures and holding opposing passers to 48.7 passer rating. This is per PFF, so you guys can go check that out on, on your free time. And so this is what I like about him the most. He's a player that Houston got in terms of we're going to bring in some guy, not a guy, we're going to bring in Jalen Petrie to be able to affect the pass, the run, on all three phases of the defense. That's what they need. And I wanted to make sure that I pointed out Zach Cunningham and Justin Reed, more so Reed because he will be replacing Reed, but also in Zach Cunningham because you know, he's going to be playing down in the box safety at that linebacker position. He's going to be used like Justin Reed to play against uh, slot corners and get down in the box. And he, I believe that he'll be more effective course i think the defense will have a little bit more talent uh across the board than justin reed has in the last couple of seasons but when you hmm. look at petrie what screams to me is a versatile guy that can be good and very versatile at the same time for a long time for this houston texan franchise and he did sign his four-year contract with 50 options so he'll be here for a while john listeners viewers do not get me wrong John, everything that you just said, talking about the impact Jalen Petra is going to have, you already know the impact we are expecting Derek Stingley to have. I do believe that this is a more talented defensive team like we saw last year. And by the way, because of the overall atmosphere surrounding this team, it's better than it was last year. I think that's also going to play into a factor in, into why we're going to see a better defensive team this year. But I want to talk about this in, in terms of improving the defense. And it's something that's been on my mind ever since Lovey Smith made the statement that he was going to stay being the defensive coordinator. When people heard that after he took over as head coach, he took some flat because people looked at the Texans defense last year and they said to themselves, where well, your defense wasn't that good anyways. Why would you not go out and hire a defensive coordinator to go and help lower your workload? Um, I, I, I'm indifferent about that, but John, listeners and viewers, what I would say about the Texans defense is this. Yes, I understand, John, all the stats, all the stats that you just gave are valid. I also want to mention this is a team that gave up the second most total yards in the whole entire National Football League last season. And this is also a defensive team that gave up the sixth most average points per game to their opponents, giving up an average of 26.6 points per game last season. However, I do not believe that you can finish top 10. And in terms of the Houston Texans sake of things, number seven tied with the New Orleans Saints with 25 takeaways and say that you have a bad defense. Was, was their defense good last year? No. At times it was decent. However, to me, I think the improvements that we see in this offense is going to be whether or not we could truly say we see improvements in this defense. And I say that because, John, you could attest to this. How many times on this show, throughout the 17 games the Houston Texans played last year, how many times did we come on this show and say the Texans defense played okay, but they got tired because their offense could not sustain jobs? Remember that? With that being said, I want to highlight these four games. The Carolina Panthers, New England Patriots, New York Jets, and San Francisco 49ers. 
Those are four games where the Houston Texans defense actually had them in position to win those games. They had them in it. However, in the second half, the offense, John, as you like to call it, that vanilla offense, the vanilla offense got stagnant and they could not sustain drives. The defense was always on the field and they just got tired at the end. When you take a look at the game against the Carolina Panthers, that's a game the Houston Texans could have won. In the second half, the Panthers outscored them 17-10, to 10, and, of course, Carolina won the time of possession. The New England Patriots, Davis Mills coming out game. The New England Patriots outscored the Houston Texans 16-7 to 7 in the second half, and, of course, New England won its time of possession. The New York Jets, by far the worst loss of the season, if you ask me, the Jets outscored the Texans 10 to nothing in the second half. They won the time of possession. San Francisco 49ers, another game the Houston Texans could have won. 49ers outscored them 20 to nothing in the second half. And, of course, they won the time of possession. So, yes, there are improvements that Lovey Smith needs to make to this defense. Yes, Stingley, Petrie. Retaining Kamaguji Hill, making sure that John Grenard take that next step as a pass rusher. While all of those things are important, at the end of the day, the Texans' improvements on defense is going to come to whether or not Pep Hamilton could get this offense rolling in the right direction. Well, we would not be sitting here for a second consecutive season saying to ourselves, well, the defense played okay, but the offense couldn't sustain drives. That's the reason why they end up losing a winnable game. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think when you take a look at what this defense can possibly be dating back to last year, uh, numbers do lie sometimes, right? There were games where Houston just didn't have it, right? It got blew out a couple of times. But there yeah, the Rams. Right, but there was also games where the pinpointed issue was the offense not being able to stay on the field, and they tired out the defense – I just want to emphasize that I would like people to expect a different version of this Tampa 2 defense, a, a version where you will have your primary cornerback follow the primary receiver. Guys, the cover two defense, uh, the cornerback normally stays on the strong side. Uh, the cornerback stay on the strong side of the formation so they can come in and help with that that uh, defending against the run, which is why I think they prefer Stingley over Gardner because of Gardner's uh, question marks surrounding his tackling ability compared to Stingley. But I think we will see a different version. They're going to be able to have Stingley. We hope so. If he is as good as he's been advertised, that will allow the Houston Texans to move around players and get a whole lot more creative with their defensive front schemes and how they're going to attack offenses. But, Cody, there's no way that anybody that watched all 17 game season last season can disagree with you. The offense that will be now coached and coordinated by Pep Hamilton, they got to keep the defense off the field. Give the boys some time to rest, call their mama, see how they're doing in the stands, <laughs> get some Gatorade, and actually talk and learn what's going on instead of having to rush back out there because – they're three and out. They're three and out. They're three and out. That's unfair to them, and it also be unfair to their head coach. Cody just got my birthday puff cake built bar in the mail, man. And so, a couple of things. You guys not may may not be excited like I am, but I'm excited. I've been meal prepping, 
chicken and broccoli and salad every day for lunch, right? Eating it right, eating it right. But I'm only human. After that's gone, some time goes by and I want a little snack. That's where, that's why, excuse me, I'm so excited for this new Bill Bar birthday cake puff. Right at top, it fills me up. It's not a lot of calories, not a lot of carbs, not a lot of sugar. You guys know about the macros, and if you do not, make sure you go to build.com and scroll down to the macros chart. And it's still covered in 100% chocolate, the best of both worlds. I can eat healthy, and I can actually enjoy eating what I am snacking on. And so, guys, I'm really excited about this. My box is downstairs, packed up in my lunch kit already. I think you guys should check it out as well. Go to build.com, use promo code LOCK15 to check out the new birthday cake puffs. Again, use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order at built.com. Thanks for making Locked On Texans your first listen every day. Now make Locked On NFL your second listen. The schedule is out, so now we have a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel but the NFL never stops, and neither does Locked On NFL. Get insight and opinions from hosts, including Ross Jackson, Chris Carter, and Tony Wiggins, plus local Locked On NFL hosts ripping all 32 teams. There's no offseason for real fans, so make sure you're subscribed to Locked On NFL on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Cody, I mentioned it briefly and uh, really quick before we get into it, I want to clarify the jobs of the cornerbacks in the cover two. They press up at the line, and then they drop back just a little bit to, so they can cover any curl routes, and they are the quickest dropping back defenders, right, um, outside of the linebackers to help with the run out on the edge. So they do have the edge support if it is a run play. So I do want to clarify that. But back to the cornerbacks and maybe Houston's future shutdown corner, Derek Stingley. Hmm. Ain't no maybe. I did, I did Right. I did go through week one through 14, the wide receiver matchups for the 2022 season. And this is going to be highlighted by Devontae Adams in week seven. Uh, I would say Keenan Allen may be more of a test than A.J. Brown. But Keenan Allen in week four, A.J. Brown in week nine, Terry McLaurin week 11, Jalen Waddle week 12, where, you know, I'm, you got to look at Tyreek Hill for Miami Dolphins. Uh, C.D. Lamb in week 14, Sutland or Jerry Judy week two, and Michael Pittman week one. I think this is a – you know, he's going to go through the ringer. We got to get prepared yeah. to see mistakes. But I think – I do believe he is a big-time player. So, not only are we going to get prepared for the mistakes, but we also should be, you know, very excited to see what this young man could do in his first NFL season. What, what is it – how does this, How does the saying go? Uh, pray for the best, but prepare for the worst, right? <laughs> and that's exactly what we're going to be doing with Derek Stanley. And look. I'm throwing this out, out there right now. For them first couple of games of the season, let's just give the young man a break because I know there's going to be people that's going to see Derek Stanley get burnt a couple times, and they're going to be like, see, this is why they should have drafted Moss Sauce Gardner. See, this is why he's going to be a bust. See, this is why those injuries is going to haunt them. Let's, let's hold on about that because 
I do believe that Derrick Sinley does have a ceiling to be the best cornerback in this league, but it's going to take some time. However, John and listeners, I like the Houston Texans schedule in terms of Stingley being viewed as the number one corner from a standpoint of a, because he's going up against some of the best wide receivers this league has to offer. So early, I think that's going to speed up his development process. And that's of course, good news for the Houston Texans. However, I do hate the fact knowing that the Chargers and the Las Vegas Raiders, Keenan Allen and Devontae Allen, are going to be two significant tests for that young man so early on in the season. Like, if I was doing the schedule, I probably would have had the Texans going up against the Raiders the last game of the season, making sure you give Derek Steely enough time to get accustomed to the NFL level. However, like I just mentioned, the earlier he go up against those all-pro, pro-bowl wide receivers, the faster and better he's going to be a lot sooner rather than later. Absolutely, man. And uh, listen, the fact of the matter is, the young man got some work to do. <laughs> pulling a form here uh, at the Locked On Texans and here in the city of Houston. We, we, we expect great things. And week one, Michael Pittman, who is no joke of a receiver. He's no slouch. Had to kick it off. Thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the Locked On Texan podcast. Make sure you are following on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Give me a follow as well. Got to get my numbers back up. <laughs> at John underscore Hickman 12. And continuously – you guys are doing great with YouTube, right, Cody? So just keep on subscribing, liking, commenting, everything on YouTube at Locked On Texans. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y, D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.